0: Mine. What's on your mind?
1: Thanks for joining me for the program. I want to tell you today about a woman who made her dream a reality. When I was a little girl, if you asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? I wasn't really sure, but I always knew I wanted to do something with animals. I wanted to have horses or Dalmatians. I had a thing with spots. I was really into Appaloosas, Dalmatians, cows, but I always knew that I love dogs and I used to say I want to be a veterinarian or do something. I want to have a farm and have animals that can run around. But that really wasn't my path. And I certainly don't know enough science to be able to actually be a veterinarian. But Jen Dolsky moved all the way to Kansas, not knowing anybody, but she knew she loved animals and that she needed a change in her life. And that's how the always and forever Midwest Animal Sanctuary came to be a thing in Spring Hill, Kansas.
0: I didn't really know where Kansas even was, I just knew it was in between Illinois and Colorado and I had family in both and I had wanted a different lifestyle so I just took the position and pretty much a leap of faith and ended up in Kansas.
1: Did you have any idea what you were going to be doing with animals? Did Was that a goal of yours? Or no. I mean, I, I was
0: always the kid that said if I won a million dollars, I would start a dog rescue and save a million animals. Did you win a million dollars? I did not. <laughs> I actually took a pay cut when I came here, but I knew that land was cheaper in Kansas, and I had never really lived in a suburb before, and I thought, well, I'm going to buy a farm and start a senior dog rescue. And I just took out a bunch of loans uh, because that was the only way I knew how to raise the money and figured I would do it all myself. And I kind of did.
1: It takes a lot to completely uproot your life, start a new job, move to a new state, not only move to a new home, but move to a farm with a lot of land that needs a lot of work. But Jen knew that she just needed something more significant in her life.
0: I needed something more, kind of a reason to wake up uh, because, you know, it was one thing to have a job that you do day in and out, but it's another thing to have a purpose in life. And I don't know why it came into my head, but it just did. And I went with it. I know nothing about dogs. I have no background in dog training or fundraising or rescue or anything like that but I figured I would learn as I would go. And that's exactly what I did.
1: So you buy this piece of property. What did it look like when you bought it? Because it looks great now. You have a home, which you actually live in. You live here on the property, right? And then you have this beautiful barn. But when you bought it, did it look like this? The
0: house looked like this. The barn was basically falling down. It was an old horse barn. There were no floors. There was no second floor. There was no plumbing, no electricity. So everything about it had to be completely gutted and redone. And my one goal, Is to make it as much of a home-like environment as possible. So it was just basically like I built another home on the property because that's what it is for them.
1: In the middle of construction, you buy it, you move out here. Even if you didn't have an animal shelter here, just taking care of this land is probably a big
0: job by itself, right? Yeah, I have a riding zero-turn mower. And, you know, I've never been an outdoors person. I don't like bugs. I don't like nature. Um, I think you moved to the wrong place. I know. <laughs> I, and when I would tell my parents this and my friends, they're like, who are we talking to? And I'm like, well, I'm just going to do it. And again, it was just breaking it down into tiny little baby steps to figure out what I needed to do. So like in the winter when I bought it, I didn't really have to take care of the land too much, but then, you know, learning to cut the grass, like I didn't even know how to do that, but I, it just really started as to, okay, what What's the first step that I need to do right now? And that was getting the permit for everything and the zoning approval and all of that. So I feel like
1: your attorney brain probably kicked in a little bit kinda, and helped you with that. It
0: kind of did. And you know so what? So my
1: radio brain would be completely <laughs> unfocused and I would probably just sit down in the field and cry and go, I don't know where to go from here. Well,
0: And you know, I had those days where I would just sit down and cry because the construction part was so hard because I knew nothing about that and I had to hire a ton of people to do that. But a lot of it was just, okay, I had done nonprofit work before with setting up nonprofits nonprofits. And I knew that once I built this, people would donate for the dogs. Because if your money is going directly for the dogs, I would donate to that. So I thought if I would donate to something, someone else would. So I thought, I will put everything I have into building this home for the dogs and then people will come. And I was like, even if there's no volunteers and I do it all myself, somehow it will happen. And it was just having more faith than sanity, I think, because that's, that's just a lot of what it is. It's just knowing that it's going to happen and that in time it will and it did and you know we're still learning as we go it's still a work in progress but we've been open 16 months now and we've saved 460 dogs so it's been incredible and I'm humbled by how many good people have come in to make this dream come true because it's no longer just my dream it's like it's so many people's dream. Um, and it's amazing.
1: Tell me about the idea for this, because I've never seen a shelter that looks like a house you walk yeah. in, it's a bunch of sofas, lots of little places for the animals to curl up with a blanket or a
0: pillow. It, it, had you seen something like this before? No, but my whole thought was in my head, I, I just had this vision in my head. And I was like, it was, it was gonna be a home. And I, I kept thinking my two senior girls sleep when I'm at work all day. So I'll take care of the dogs in the morning, and I'll take care of them at night, and they'll sleep all day. And I knew seniors were overlooked in shelters i didn't know the numbers and and the of senior dogs that were being put down every year but i just thought I will have a ton of couches I didn't want it to be a shelter I'd seen shelters and when you leave shelters you feel sad and you feel down that you're not taking the dogs with them here I wanted it to be a place where people will come and they'd be like I want to be here I want to help these dogs and when I leave I feel better I don't feel worse so like in my head I kept thinking absolutely no kennels and so when I would tell everyone that they're like you're insane and then I found out completely you kind of do need kennels because it's a safe place for the dogs it helps with introductions and some dogs that have been starved have food aggression so little things like that we learn as we go so there are kennels here but all the doors are always open they have complete free reign there's a dog door there's two fenced in yards on the pasture and other than the fact that they don't have one individual person who sleeps with them and loves them all the time they're more loved than I think my own dogs sometimes because just so many people love them just from pictures and Facebook or being here and there's nothing like coming here and feeling what this environment is like. You even went as
1: far as to create a room that is above the barn that is for I guess a special dog who is a wonderful dog but maybe just isn't meant to be around other dogs.
0: Yeah and you know we do our best to take dogs that are dog friendly and that's a really hard term to define. Well what's dog friendly? They like one or two dogs, but there are actually 18, no more than 19 dogs in this barn at a time. And it's not always 19 of the same dogs because one gets adopted out, we bring another one in. So we have to have an environment of dog tolerant dogs. And that's just not how it always is. So upstairs right now is destiny. I need to explain
1: that Destiny is still available for adoption. However, she is not the dog that is currently residing in this special room that Jen has designed for dogs that need to be separated from other dogs. But I wanted to go ahead and share this part of the interview with you because I like the way that she explains how dogs can be good dogs. They may just not be a dog that is meant to
0: be around other dogs, but that doesn't mean they're not great for a family she was beaten as a puppy with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. And a young boy actually found her and begged the person who was abusing her to give her to him and then unfortunately he was evicted from his home and he gave her to his girlfriend and then she ended up at Wichita Animal Shelter um, on the top of the youth list for being dog aggressive. And we pulled her, Um, we don't always do that, we thought we had a home for her, but it didn't work out because number one, it's what's best for the dog and what's best for the family and we won't deliberately do an adoption that we know just isn't the right fit. And sometimes you do try an adoption and it's not the right fit. They come back here. You know, these are always our dogs, so we want them to be loved forever. And Destiny's been with us almost four months now, and she has been living upstairs, but she's super loved and she has her own little fenced in yard. And you know, it's not ideal because ideally every dog has a home. They all deserve it, but because of her past, you know, she has scars and we're going to love her through it.
1: But we need to point out that because a dog is dog aggressive it doesn't mean they're an aggressive dog. It right. means they have, you know, they just, some dogs just aren't meant to live in a home with
0: other animals, but they're great with your Kids, family. family, so loving. She loves to cuddle. She loves to play ball. It just means that you can't, she's not a dog park dog. Think about people. You know, I'm not a really a people person. You put me in a room of 20 people, I'll probably hide in the corner and never say a word. But Destiny, you know, with other dogs, she'll, she'll be reactive. So it's just being a smart owner. So Going outside, going on walks with leashes, it doesn't mean you can't go on walks. It just means she always has to be leashed. Your dog should be leashed. Dogs that are roaming loose, you just don't know what the other dog's pasts are. And she has a past. So other than that, it's just being a smart parent to a fur child.
1: You have this wonderful property. You know what you want to do. You have a goal. What was the first step? How did you get your first animal that you rescued?
0: We had to finish the barn basically and it was finished and i finally set the date it was gonna be may 12th that was our opening day and we had one dog that somebody found in february he ended up staying at carrie's kennel just super super mild dog his name was miles very sweet congestive heart failure he was like 12 years old little collie guy so he was waiting to come here so we kind of had a dog in waiting and we opened our doors on may 12th and we had a big grand opening party and someone showed up with a dog so <laughs> she had been chained outside for her entire life. Her name was Annie, and she needed help. And she was an eight-year-old hound, and she literally just showed up on our doorstep, and Annie was the first dog that we took in. Now, we have much more restrictions with respect to accepting dogs, but we really do. We help dogs from kill shelters. We help dogs whose owner has passed away. Owner surrenders. Uh, people who have gone into homes. Uh, cases of neglect and abuse just about any dog that we can help we do our best to help as long as it's the right environment for them here we currently have actually 97 dogs in our care but they're not all here (laughs) no 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 we have over 75 dogs i think in foster and then we always have up to 19 dogs in the barn and then for dogs that just we can't find a foster or they're not quite right fit for the barn we will put them in boarding to save their life as well so we, we have a couple, we have maybe 10 dogs in boarding right now.
1: It takes a very special person to adopt a senior dog. I would even have a hard time fostering because I would never give them away. And then all of a sudden I have 20 dogs. And you know, when you adopt a senior dog, you know, you have a limited amount of time with that dog, but they deserve to have that love and a family for those remaining years. If... You have a senior that never
0: gets adopted is this a place they can just live the rest of their lives and absolutely be happy and we've had we've had that situation where they've passed here um, in the pasture or in my arms or just at the barn in their sleep a lot of people do stay away from adopting seniors just because the fear of the grief and the loss and i can tell you that dogs live in this moment right now and to them, they, they don't know that they don't have tomorrow. They have right now. And if you're afraid to love them because you'll lose them tomorrow, then you miss out on today. And, and all we have are today, like two days, everything. So they, they are just amazing because so many of them, it doesn't matter what abuse they've lived through or who has hurt them in the past, they just meet you every day at the door with joy and with love and and they're worth it and, and that's all I can say I've had my heart broken every single day all the time I mean we lost 16 dogs in August as a group we were just devastated by the loss it's just like what you said They're they're all worth loving some of them will pull from kill shelters and they'll die the next day but the truth is they didn't die in a cold kill shelter and were thrown away they were loved even if for a moment and that's all you leave this world with. Again, what they give us is more than what we give them.
1: Well, so. just the way you describe that, and I don't want to just focus on that sad part, but being able to go out into a pasture and just be in a beautiful pasture and lay down and go to sleep, or like you said, be in your arms. I mean, that's, that's I mean, all any dog can hope for is just to be loved like that. One of the things I was really impressed with when I was interviewing Jen is that she relies on her community of volunteers. Once you go through orientation and you are cleared to be a volunteer, you know how to get in and out of the property on your own at different times of day, even when Jen is doing her day job. I just thought that was so amazing that This is her home. This is where she lives, but that she has so much trust and faith in the people that come and help her that she's okay with them basically having the run of the place. You know, you live here. (laughs) This is your actual home. (laughs) But yet you have all of these people. You're working your day job being an attorney and you trust them to be out here. And take care
0: of your home basically yeah that kind of stemmed from I want always wanted to volunteer at a shelter and in Chicago I tried to do that and they're like come out on Thursday from 4 to 5 and I'm like well I can't come out at 4 o'clock you know I work and so I wanted this to be a place where if somebody had an hour and they didn't know what to do they could come out and love on the dogs because all these dogs want our love so as long as they've come to a volunteer orientation and they understand all the rules and they understand the environment that they're walking into I wanted this to be a place where people wanted to be. So that's why we've got the full kitchen, we've got the TV, we throw tons of volunteer orientation, parties, and appreciations, and, and we do a ton of community events. The Spring Hill Parade, we've done the Paola Parade, we've gone to fire stations, police stations, we do random acts of kindness, we go to senior homes. Everything about this is making these dogs life worth living so we we take them on dates we go for pup cups we have a 0.1k Halloween run that's the best 0.1k 0.1k so you know (laughs) nobody has to train for that all of our dogs make it and it's a costume Halloween one so it's just amazing what this has become and it's because of The wonderful people that are here and all of us again it's just people who love dogs that's that are doing the best we can together and we make mistakes and and that's okay as long as we're honest and we share and we lead with love because that's really what this is about it's about second chances for all of the dogs that other people have thrown away and making their lives and our lives meaningful. Being an attorney, you have a
1: good understanding of the law and you want to do so many positive things and make change for dogs. Are you led to change regulations and rules and and the way things work as far as animals and shelters? You know,
0: that's funny because whenever I tell someone I'm an attorney, they're like, oh, you can help me get out of this ticket. I'm like, well, no, no. Um, I really am just an investment management attorney. And you know, I went to law school just so that I always had security because I had come from a a background where, you know, my parents had lost their jobs in and out. And I was like, I'm always going to be in a position where I can take care of the people I love. So that was my goal as being an attorney. So my law degree doesn't really help anyone in practical knowledge, but I love the work that I do and I love the people that I do. But we had an animal, a dog named Chance in Wichita, who we found out was paralyzed and he was left in his kennel for nine days and his bladder had not been expressed. So for nine days, he laid there suffering. The second that we found out, we pulled him. And that really did spark a change where how can you leave an animal for nine days and not know that he hasn't gone to the bathroom and received vet care? And honestly, there are times when heaven is better versus a dog laying there suffering. But a lot of it, you know, it does spark, we need we need change we need advocacy and i do feel that calling now we've done some work with the azawatomi pound down the road um, and we've helped gone in and clean it up because the conditions those dogs were in before was deplorable and i always think everything about always and forever is how i would treat my dogs is how all of our dogs are treated because they're my dogs and it's the exact same standard for everyone who volunteers here you must treat your dogs like their family and if you don't treat them to those standards you're not really not welcome here because they deserve that. But that's every dog in a shelter deserves that. And they deserve a voice. And, and the dogs that don't have that voice, we need to be that for them. So advocacy is, you know, again, it's just really kind of fo- following your what's calling you and, you know, what, what need is there at the time. So when a case comes up at Wichita Animal Shelter and a dog needs help, you know, people know to tag us and say, hey, you know, we'll step in. Because we take the dogs no other rescues want. We take the dogs that may only have a week to live, two weeks to live, but you know what, we will spend $1,000 or 2000 because I would do that for my own dog. And then if we give them a life worth living for a couple months, then it's worth it. And not a lot of people feel that way because they think you could put that money towards a puppy. Well, why is one life worth more than another? You just can't define it that way. And we don't. And and that's why sometimes, too, we save a puppy. Because if no one else is going to do that, we will. And we, we always find a home for them. When the need is present, we'll step up and we'll all do it together.
1: It sounds like the animal rescue community really is a community. You know, you each have your own needs and you're fundraising and trying to keep your own place open. But it sounds like, you know, if you don't have room, you do reach out and that you all work together. And the end goal
0: really is to just save the animals. Yeah. And I think 100%, because again, I, I knew no, no one in the animal rescue, you find out who's doing this for the dogs and who's doing this for other reasons. And what other reasons are there but for the dogs? So it's never a competition to us with other rescues it's just about let's help this dog or these dogs or we now help cats too so um, <laughs> but that's just because again if, if you have the means to do something and you don't why are you not how do you sleep at night if, if you're not doing everything that you can to help someone when you know you can or a dog or a cat
1: from your attorney your day job you can take a vacation you can take time off when you live here and this is 24 7 for you how is that How because you really can't just take a day off.
0: Yeah. And you know what, when it's doing something you love, it's never work. So I'm out here every morning from pretty much five 30, o'clock till seven, um, taking care of all the dogs on the farm. And then I do go to work and then I come back, but now I have people that I can rely on. And, you know, people always say, you know, if you could live anywhere, be anywhere, do anything, you know, what would you do? And i be right exactly where I am doing what I'm doing, even if it means I have to work as an attorney to pay for it because I do pay for the building and the loans that were secured to build this. But again, when when you're approached every morning by 18, souls that are alive because of something that you helped build. I can't describe the feeling of love that they give me. So it's never ever work, even if I'm tired, (laughs) even if I'm exhausted, even if I'm sad from losing another dog because I've had my heart shattered by loving the dogs that come in here. It's amazing, you know, we talk to the volunteers and it's never just me that says goodbye to them. Um, There's always two or three of us and we hold them. And we absolutely are always amazed how deeply you can love an animal just for having them in, in your life two to three days. It doesn't matter. But again, you wake up with a broken heart and you give your heart to another one because you know they need it. So it's never work. And, and it, when it becomes work, then you know it's not for you. So what is your greatest need right now? It's always financial money Mm -hmm. for vet bills it truly is because we have dog food donated and we have collars leashes when we have smaller needs i mean we do need bleach all the time cleaning solutions stuff like that (laughs) flea and tick stuff but because if you think about taking care of if you have a senior yourself it's thousands of dollars and when you have thousands of thousands upon dollars it's just all the time especially when we pull them from kill shelters there's a reason people are dumping these dogs and sadly a lot of times it's because they're sick because they need medical care because they're dying and we we want those dogs and we want to help them and we want to love them but if even if we can't help them we're just gonna love them and give them whatever we can for the best life they have. We don't have adoption fees because to me I don't see how you can ever put a price on a life. That's just me. And I know when you're adopting a senior dog, you're adopting someone that's going to need probably a lot of financial care as well. So I don't want you to give unless you can't. So we accept donations if you can. We have just under a hundred dogs in our care. Our vet bills were twenty-five thousand dollars last month. We don't have any grants. We don't have any magic donors. We don't have any angels. We have people who donate whatever they can, whenever they can. They give $5, $10, $100 here and there. And the amount of support that and the ability that we have to do what we do on the level that we do it, it's just, I don't know how we do it. it we have to have God helping us. And You have to have faith and you have to be a little bit insane um, because you just believe because we're doing good, people are going to want to do good with you.
1: What's the process if someone wants to come and
0: adopt a dog, but maybe they already have a dog at home? Can they bring their dog and see how they socialize? Yeah, so we will set up play dates. We'll have them fill an application out. We'll talk about how their dog's personality is, what personalities they think will be a good fit. To be honest, when you're getting a senior, you're getting a pretty chill dog um, that wants to sleep and cuddle and, and just basically be with you. And if you go to work, then there's a lot less guilt that you're leaving a crazy puppy at home kenneled these seniors they sleep you know and they just want to be next to you but yeah for someone who already has a dog they just fill out an application send us an email we'll set up a time we don't usually do meet and greets with their dogs at the barn because you'd probably have 17 other dogs barking and you don't want any <laughs> territorial issues but a lot of it is just figuring out what needs you would have and the dogs that we have and seeing if it's a good fit because we only want it to be a good fit for you and for our dogs well we always need fosters too so if anyone is ever interested in fostering I didn't really know this about rescue before but if you think about it a foster does exactly what we do in the barn but it's just taking a dog that otherwise wouldn't be alive into your home and taking care of them and loving them. And we cover all of the expenses for fosters. So you're literally saving a life by fostering a dog. And I don't think a lot of people think about that because you are a hero in that way. So you don't need the big ambiance of a barn to just really make a difference.
1: And is it okay? I mean, obviously fosters have normal lives with jobs too. You might
0: have to leave and your doggies at home but they're still in a safe place, that's okay? Yeah, we we would say always kennel them when you leave for safety because you don't know this dog and you're taking Mm -hmm. them to your house but think about where they would be. They they would not be on this earth if, if you didn't step forward and save them because for every dog that is fostered or adopted out of the barn, we can literally pull and save the life of another. So it's just incorporating a dog into your everyday lifestyle and making it work and, and saving life at the same time. Even the person with the kindest heart and the best intentions
1: may adopt a dog And once they get home, they realize this is not working out, it's not a good fit. What is the best thing to do? Contact you immediately and bring them back to you,
0: right? Yeah. So we in our adoption contract, we have the clause that if for any reason it doesn't work out, you give them back to us. It's about setting you up to succeed, not fail. And if it doesn't work out, you reach out to us. We might suggest a trainer. You know, it might be just a tip. There's no magic, my dog's gonna love your dog in one day. It truly is patience. It's knowing that it might take two weeks, it might take two months. And if you don't have the time to do that, that's okay bring the dog back here, the dog will be safe. You know, you're not giving it to a kill shelter. We want our dogs to come back to us if it ever it doesn't work out. And maybe there'll be a different dog that could be a good fit. So. There's no judgment in that at all. So you said that when you
1: told your friends and family this was going to be your dream and this is what you were doing and they were like, who is this person? Like,
0: I thought I was nuts. Even my dad, every time he comes to visit, he's like, she's living on a farm. I'm scared to death of spiders. There's spiders everywhere, snakes. All of it scares me. But now you've been here for a few years and manic. you've done it. So what do they say though now? Everyone's just in awe because I, I don't believe I did this myself. There's so many people that have made this dream come true and it's not my dream anymore it's everyone's dream because it doesn't matter who starts it it matters who continues it
1: when you came here from boston you just wanted to do something different with your life you were looking for a change how do you feel now do you feel like maybe you're just your mind body and
0: soul just feels different In Boston, I had suffered a loss. My best friend had passed away from an accidental drug overdose in 2015. And that had just, you know, when you go through such a loss of someone that you love deeply, your whole world changes and your priorities change. And you kind of are like, well, what are you doing? You know, I'm waking up, I'm going to work. What's the meaning of everything? And I wasn't looking for the meaning of life. I was looking for a meaning to want to wake up. And the dogs really, you know, they're just unconditional love. So how can you not want to be in an environment where someone loves you just for being you and being around them and holding them? So I can tell you that even when you come on this farm, everyone that comes here, it's just peaceful. And it was so beautiful when I got here. I just knew I had to share it with anybody that wanted to be here and wanted to love dogs because that's, that's what it's about. It's about sharing what you have and giving it to others.
1: What are the moments like for you when... Maybe you are out here by yourself. Maybe it's late in the evening, you know, the sun's setting and you're just enjoying your property and it's just quiet. What do you, what do you think and how, what do you reflect on?
0: I think, and I say it all the time, I think that this is, this is heaven on earth. And this is how my heaven is going to be when I actually do leave this world. Because you want to create your own reality. You can live in a world of loss and pain and sadness, or you can live in a world that focuses on life and love. And even though there is sadness here and there's loss, I mean we we this is everything. And someone's like, well why would you do this with senior dogs? It's like because they're the ones that need it the most.
1: To find out more information about the Always and Forever Midwest Animal Sanctuary, you can find them on Facebook or you can go to always and forever and that's forever with a U. Always and forever love. And you can help with their campaign right now. They are really trying hard to get one of their dogs gump to get to meet Luke Bryan, who's coming to the area soon. Again, that's always in forever.love. Thank you for joining me on the program today. If you would like to read my blog or just learn more about my podcast, you can find more at TMI with Teresa.com.